This is a presentation of the Pitch Podcast Network. KC Top 5 is sponsored by Authentic Kansas City, which hosts weekly safe meetups on Saturday evenings so you can make meaningful connections. Authentic relating is a practice described as a fast track to friendship. It's a collection of games that cultivates connection in a meaningful and deep way. On a practical level, it's a gathering with great people and fun activities built to deepen friendships. And who doesn't want more friends? The group gathers every week on Saturday evenings at 5.30 in Loose Park for authentic relating game nights. Authentic Kansas City believes in creating a safe space to connect in real life because they take the issues of online isolation, loneliness, and human connection very seriously, especially after a year spent trapped in our homes. Free registration is required, so find them at AuthenticKansasCity.com or on Facebook at AuthenticKCMO. That's all one word, AuthenticKCMO. Authentic Kansas City, a safe space to connect in real life. KC Top 5 is brought to you by Worlds of Fun. Worlds of Fun is now accepting applications for all positions, including ride operators, lifeguards, cashiers, cooks, and bartenders. All positions come with competitive pay, paid training, and best of all, free admission. Leadership positions are available. Working at Worlds of Fun means you will receive worlds of friends, worlds of flexibility, and worlds of experience. Literally, it's worlds of fun. Get a head start now on your worlds of opportunity. Apply at worldsoffun.jobs or text FUN to 97211. That's FUN, F-U-N, to 97211. Today's KC Top 5 is brought to you by Alibi KC. Hey, Couch Detectives, we're happy to bring you a place for the truly true crime obsessed. Put on your deerstalker, grab a theme cocktail, and share your stories, theories, and favorite whodunits. I'm talking about Alibi KC, a pop-up bar for the truly true crime obsessed. Ever wanted a place where you could compare theories of Dahmer's psyche without Aunt Karen looking over the table and wondering about yours? Alibi KC also has theme craft cocktails that will delight the palate and the pun maker in you. We also support local by using some ingredients from places like Broadway Cafe and Donutology. Also remembering that true crime has real victims, so we will have different ways to donate to local victim relief charities. Alibi KC opens May 1st in Westport next to Yard Bar, a true crime-obsessed craft cocktail pop-up. Finally, a place where you can gather with the like-minded living room investigators, a place where your favorite murder icebreaker doesn't clear the room. Come in and enjoy a look down Ripper Alley, taking the sights of art literally ripped from the headlines while enjoying one of our wonderfully themed cocktails. Also, don't miss out on true crime trivia and whodunit table games. Follow Alibi KC on Facebook and Instagram. They are at Alibi period KC. That's at Alibi period KC at a-L-I-B-I period K-C on Facebook and Instagram. May 1st in Westport, Alibi K-C, a true crime pop-up bar. Hello there, my name is Patrick Moore. This is KC Top 5, a Kansas City listicle podcast where we make top 5 lists about Kansas City. On today's show, we have Zach Smith returning. He is from Nature Med Mo. They will eventually have five dispensaries open across Missouri, including one in St. Louis. But right now, their store is open in Gladstone. So if you have a medical marijuana card, you can go to Nature Med Mo in Gladstone. Their website is naturemedmo.com. You can also follow them on Instagram at naturemedmo. And coming up here, it looks like in the month of May, they will have stores open in Kansas City and Independence, so be on the lookout for that in May. All right, so that is our first guest, Zach Smith. Our second guest is new to the show. His name is Mark Van Sickle. You might also know him as Mark the Overseer on social media. You might also know him from all his years on the former 96.5 The Buzz. You may also know him as a writer for Arrowhead Report, the Sports Illustrated home of the Chiefs. He also replaced me at my old job when I got fired on the also former X1051, Rod and Fucking Hell. And he is actually now the morning show and midday producer on KC Talk Radio. Mark Van Sickle, Zach Smith, KC Top 5. We are doing 
all-time KC athletes. So that means they don't have to be from Kansas City. We are picking five of our favorite athletes, our five all-time favorite athletes to ever play for Kansas City. So that's the only stipulation and rule there. They had to have played sports for Kansas City at some point. Here we go. Zach Smith, Mark Van Sickle, me, Patrick Moore, KC top five all-time athletes. Here we go. No more commercials, I swear. Zach, did you prepare a list? Are you ready? Are you going off the cuff? Oh, no, I got one. You got one? Yeah, let's start with your number five, dude, Zach. Let's fire it off. Okay, so my number five did not play for the Kansas City Chiefs or any of the Kansas City teams in his uh, professional college career. He, in fact, played his college ball at the University of Kansas State. Um, I watched him win a Big 12 championship in person in the year of 2003 at Arrowhead Stadium, which is in Kansas City, um, where he uh, that year he was, I think, second team all Big 12. And um, I got to give a lot of love out to the big men, too, because personally, my favorite play in all of football is when a lineman uh, on defense or offense scores. I like it when a big boy scores. So number five for me is Ryan Lilja. Ryan. Uh, Shawnee Mission Northwest. Northwest, baby. Yes. The Cougars. Nice. Yeah, go Cougs. Also, yeah, my uh, I got some of my cousins, the triplets, and their older brother Matt. They all went to Northwest too. So, really, they all Cougs along with Lil Jim. Yeah, but like he's a cop, so. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the Brian Lil just tight though. <laughs> That's awesome. I I remember the story about Ryan Lilja getting in trouble there at the end of high school. I mean, we don't have to dig into that, but we good. What happened? I, think I do want to know a, about that. It was just, he was like at a party or something and he was under 21. And so they were like, I think they took away his scholarship for a minute at K-State before he ended up getting to go there. I vaguely uh, remember a story about that because Nick Leckie comes on to 810 a bunch in the morning. I listened to 810 all the time and he was around like that same time. Nick Leckie also uh, never allowed a sack at the University of Kansas State in nice. his entire four years there and played for the New Orleans Saints uh, and won a Super Bowl with Drew Brees. As a matter of fact, one of the few oh, yeah. people in the world to win a Super Bowl with Drew Brees, even though everybody likes him so much. Uh, but, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I think I do vaguely remember a story about Ryan Lodge getting into some trouble. But, yeah, then, I'm sure that it wouldn't seem like that big a deal now with everything that's happened since then, you know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, it was so wild too because that that sort of a thing gets so uh, swept up in a small like little college like Kansas State. Like my dad's obsessed with K State, which is why the reason that I know the name Ryan Lilja. And uh, <laughs> and so you know, there's only so many players from K State that actually go to the pros and have longevity. And so I heard about Ryan Lilja a lot. Oh yeah, and that was one. Of, oh look, there goes my camera. Hey, uh, then <laughs> Major Med. Hell yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's absolutely ridiculous that there would be an offensive lineman from 2003 in the Kansas State team. But and it was also uh, a rowdy and like to be in trouble. But that's what it is. That's number five player. Nice. That's just a solid pull. Uh, and if if you impress Mark, that's how I know it's a good pick because I certainly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, they're going to keep coming in exactly that fashion. Okay. Love it. Uh, Mark, let's, start, let's go to you. There's going to be some controversy on mine. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, for my number five, it was tough. I think number five was the toughest one because as it gets higher, it's kind of like the, oh, yeah, that guy kind of thing. So you're going to pick your number one and kind of work your way down. Yeah. Yeah. So before I even get into number five, I'm going to give you my – no, I'll wait till the end to give my honorable mentions because I don't want to ruin my the rest of my top five. So number See, five – this for, is why <laughs> – what was that we got i gotta know there needs to be honorable mentions <laughs> <laughs> i just there was too many of them but i would have yeah. done more research <laughs> <laughs> my number five is matt beasler sporting kansas city um he's a blue valley west guy and no uh, really yeah he's a blue valley west guy from right here in kansas city and uh drafted to sporting kansas city Ended up uh, winning an MLS title in 2013, part of the U.S. men's soccer team uh, from, I think, 2013 to 2017. Um, 
helped them win a CONCACAF Gold Cup. I don't know exactly what that means, but sounded awesome at the time. Sounds uh, tight. <laughs> played in the World Cup. Sounds like something you'd win in Mario Kart. <laughs> That's incredible. He, he was also on the Sorry, men's. Sorry, go on. <laughs> uh, no, no. He played in the World Cup in 2014. Unfortunately, the men's team was absolutely horrific in 2014 and 2018 when he was also on the team. They didn't even make the World Cup. So unfortunately for him, he just happened to be playing for a bad time in U.S. men's soccer, but he did make the team and from Kansas City. So salute to the hometown hero who I think he was the pitch's hometown hero for a couple of years in a row. Oh, cool. Uh, Matt Beasler, number five on my list. That's a great pick. I was hoping you would pick someone from sporting because I knew I wasn't going to and I didn't think Zach was going to. <laughs> I felt like yeah, they need to be represented somewhere. So I'm glad you did that. I thought. You thought about it? I had thought about sporting and uh, and even like the women's soccer team. I'm trying to learn a little bit more about them. But uh, mine are going to be a little bit more, uh, I guess, yeah, you said Beasler was actually like a native. I picked I pick, all mine are natives. Nice. I think, except for one. One of them has a kid, has a family here now. So technically he's a native. <laughs> Love it. Go to my number five. He is a golfer. His name is Tom Watson. Mm, mm-hmm. That was one of my honorable mentions, honestly. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Old a- dude, golf. That's why he's number five. But uh, <laughs> it's impressive. Let's see here. I have it here. He's won, I believe, eight majors. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. That's a lot. Uh, that's eight more than I've won. Oh, certainly. <laughs> I'm careful. You were close that year, though, Mark. <laughs> so close so you close. remember god i don't want to bring up bad memories but you were right there <laughs> yeah, um i don't know why people think golf's boring and it is but because it's such a mental game i think it's interesting to watch because those people got to keep it together maybe it's because i know i wouldn't be able to keep it together and that's why i don't play golf because it's very frustrating oh they're yeah. so bored too <laughs> that's cool. and they don't How the, the, the professional golfers someday? don't get to um use carts either they don't get to they don't get to drink or have golf carts so they have to walk the whole thing so i guess i was gonna say it's not very physical compared to other sports but they do have to walk a lot a lot uh yeah and they can't also wear pants yes that too i love wearing shorts it's very emotionally demanding too because you have to walk all that way without being able to drink Mm -hmm. of course yeah (laughs) you can't can't smoke i think some people sneak cigarettes here and there but like yeah. yeah camera you can't really do the that. thing about not being able to smoke is that it's so incredibly frustrating it's <laughs> <laughs> just like uh, let me be yeah right can i live nature mud i believe I, is what they say i think it used to be cigar, cigars were a big thing on golf courses back in the day yeah um but yeah tom watson that's my number five he's from kansas city kc boy 71 years old he's still alive so good for him Way to be alive, Tom Watson. And right now, currently, too. That's tough, you know. <laughs> it's not easy to do right now. It's almost like there's uh, uh, something coming for the older folks. And the fat ones, too. We're looking at you. That's I, true. I, I think he's still playing golf tournaments. I mean, maybe not in 2021 mm, or really? 2020, but I don't know how many golf tournaments are going on right now. But I think he still does, like, the old-timers tours. <laughs> yeah, like those. Man, give those hips a rest. Yeah. I think yeah, he's been in contention. I think at a couple like senior uh, majors uh, the last few years. So mm-hmm. good for him, Tom Watson, Casey Boy playing golf. He's pretty good at it. Zach, let's go to you for your number four. All right, my number four is uh, you may have heard of him before. You might not have. He is a junior at the Mill Valley High School, two-time state champion. The defensive line, Aiden Schaefer, the son of the great comedic genius Scott Schaefer, which oh. is enough of a reason to know who he is uh, in the first place. But then you add on two-time state football champion in Kansas as a Mill Valley Jaguar, and then I also th- have heard rumors that he was in attendance last night when the two and I believe 14 or two and 16 Mill Valley Jaguars beat Turner. You're familiar with the high school of Turner. Turner. Yeah. Yeah. The Tigers. I, I believe 72 to 
zero. Oh, no way. And I heard tell that Aiden Schaefer was also in attendance <laughs> of that game. Meaning that he doesn't, that dude does nothing but win. All right. So that's why he's number four on my list. Aiden Schaefer, he's got everything going for him. Two time state champion. The, he was present at the 72 to absolutely nothing. Mill Valley stomping against the Turner, That's whatever they are, the Bears, I believe. And then also, he is lucky enough to again be the nephew of the comedic genius and national treasure that is Scott Schaefer. And I also think he's Mick Schaefer's son, too, that guy that does stuff on the news, but mainly he's Scott Schaefer's nephew. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Whoever that Mick guy is, we're not worried or concerned about him. <laughs> It's his son. It's his seed that we're worried about. Talking about his seed. That's my number four. My number four pick is Mick Schaefer's seed, Aiden Schaefer. <laughs> my number four pick is a child, an actual child. <laughs> He's a grown man. You don't win two state championships without having some sort of a little bit of a chin hair on you. I was going to say, I bet he's got some offers coming in. Gonna oh, yeah. go. He actually uh, – he – I, I do honestly follow him like uh, sort of through uh, my friend Scott and uh, that is Mick Schaefer's son. And uh, apparently he was like tearing it up as a sophomore last year. And, you know, obviously you when you get to be uh, a participant in a state championship team that was successful and you got some decent time, you're going to come in as a junior and continue to be playing. So he's stepping it up more. I can only imagine what people are going to have to say about him now coming into his senior year after that second state championship and a significant shout out from a cannabis dispensary manager on our pitch <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I bet he's going to be going for three state titles in a row next year, have some nice offers from KU, K-State, Mizzou, everything around here, maybe even some bigger ones. Who knows? Yeah. And then it all falls apart when they look into his past and they're like, what's your association with Zach Smith? <laughs> <laughs> why does he like you so much this man stop talking about your seed on the internet <laughs> you know anything about that he's right you know this guy zach he was walking around referring to you as the seed <laughs> uh that's a great point. writing self-help books oh i would expect nothing less from you dude uh, excellent role and my guy he's a wonderful he's a, a fantastic kansas city athlete a wonderful mm-hmm. young man. I bet he could kick my ass too. So good for him. <laughs> Great pick. Solid number four. He is Mark. a Schaefer. Don't don't be too confident about that. <laughs> Still working with the the seed that he's got. <laughs> Mark, let's go to you for number four, sir. All right, my number four pick. This is digging deep into the uh, the well here. I don't know if you can. Uh, this is a podcast, so you're not going to be able to see this. <laughs> but oh uh, man, this is a uh, monarch's cap. And I'm going with Buck O'Neill, the classic Buck O'Neill. He's got his own seat at Kauffman Stadium. He's in the Negro Leagues Hall of Fame. He helped start the Negro Leagues Museum here in Kansas City, which is an iconic place at this point. And I don't know if you guys heard about this. The Monarchs are back. They're like the T-Bones, but they're called the Monarchs. They are the T-Bones now. Yeah, they switched that up very recently, right? Very cool. Um, But, yeah, Buck O'Neill. I don't know if you know about Buck O'Neill. He's a... crazy old player from the monarchs back in the day uh I, I actually didn't know some of the stuff until i looked it up because it's actually incredible he he was with the monarchs batted 300 over four times you know stats you know aren't everything but he also left for two years to go to the navy serve in world war ii and then came back and played another um second half of his career which is pretty incredible i guess That's people wild. used to, people used to do that back in the day but at the same time i mean think about i mean i don't want to get too deep here but like even black players who like weren't like considered at the time on the same level as MLB players. He goes and does something for the United States that like, you know, I feel like went way underappreciated basically what I'm trying to say, but Buck O'Neill number four on my list. That's why was he actually like born in Kansas city or just like played on the Monarchs? Do we know that he was not born in Kansas city, but he pretty much lived here. He lived here for over 60 years. So I think he's honorary status. Yo, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, That's he was cool, man. That, always involved in the community too. I mean, I remember growing up, he came and like spoke at my school. I think several times he probably went and spoke at every school everywhere. Um, yeah, super nice, generous dude. 
yeah, did a lot. That is cool to think about too. Your mark, you're right about all the people that used to go into like the armed forces, like leave whatever they were doing if they were actors or like yeah, athletes, and then they would go in the military and then come back to what they were doing, which. Uh, yeah, it doesn't happen now. I certainly <laughs> never joined the military in any capacity. More power to Buck O'Neill. Yeah, for sure. Great, great, great. Yeah, to be able to come back like that and then continue to play at like a high level too, that's wild. Like it's one thing to come back from war and like go back to playing baseball and then everybody just kind of whispers behind your back like, he hasn't been the same since war. <laughs> yeah. But then to actually just to like pick it back up and just be like, no, yeah, it's the bat, I'm ready to go. Uh-huh. impressive uh okay my number four pick is going to be tim grunhard oh yeah nice that another big guy big guy big guy yeah actually meant to pick him as my number five but i looked at my list <laughs> wrong, so whatever he's number four that's fine he can be <laughs> number four it doesn't matter i'm picking tim grunhard because he uh he coached uh football at my high school bishop me age when i i obviously did not play football certainly not but I had friends that were on that team and that they did one state my senior year, uh, which was cool. But he also, uh, what I love about him is that he got a DUI and he taught religion. That's (laughs) That's the people that are supposed to teach religion. Yeah, that's who you want telling your kids what to do is the people that get DUIs. So I love that. Um, He has a drinking problem. He's big. He's mean. Um, Tim is he a coach there now still? No, he left. Um, no, nah, he just hawks American shaman products now on uh, 810. <laughs> yeah, and Blue Chew. And Good stuff. I think he does hawk Blue Chew. Someone was telling me that. Which he great. does. No, yeah, he was on Blue Chews for a while there for a second. <laughs> but nothing is going to be as lucrative as shaman for him. And uh, God, if I don't enjoy crunch time with old, with old Grundy and... There's and also Danny Klingstale's uh, old ass too. <laughs> the car commercial where he's dressed in like the worst superhero costume I've ever seen. <laughs> amazing. That's worth checking out too. Tim Grunhard, incredible actor, pretty, pretty good athlete. <laughs> Not a very good drunk driver, but uh, terrible religion. I mean, but my number thing is considered only one L. You know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And that's, a former Chiefs player. I mean, I don't know if you even yeah, mentioned that. Exactly. Yeah, part of oh, part yeah. of one of the best offensive <laughs> lines that ever did exist. So yeah, that's, that's true. Oh yeah, anybody. I am honestly uh, disappointed that you said Tim Grunhard and that wasn't that missed my list because I really do listen to Crunch Time and like <laughs> I listen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's very dumb of me, but it doesn't matter. You nailed it. At least you got it on there. Yeah. Tim Grunhardt's on the board. That's all that matters. Um, I wouldn't want to get in the car with him. Anyway, we'll move on. Tim Grunhardt. <laughs> That's my number four. Are we Not in, enough room. Are we all caught up? No, sir. We're, we're on number threes. Is that where we are? Number three. Yeah. Zach, let's go to you for your number three. Number three is my only uh, guy that's not native here, but I think that he should be considered a native here. Like you said with uh, you know, Buck O'Neill, with, you know, he's been here so long, and this guy has started a family here. He has a ch- child that's from here and everything, and I think that number three is probably a pretty good uh, spot for this guy to land, all things considered. He did a lot, but he's you know doesn't have all the decorations. I think Patrick Mahomes is my number three. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that he's... He's working his way up there as far as accolades. And he does, you know, his family's from here now, technically. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, first first th- born, just born here in Kansas City. Yeah. So now technically you're from here. Your family is rooted here. So uh, and we're all familiar. He's done some pretty fair things for the city of Kansas City. So I think my number three will be Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, his seed is everywhere in Kansas City. <laughs> His seed is planted. Planted. <laughs> planted that seed, and that's. If Aiden, if Mick Schaefer's seed is as much of a pervert as his, uh, as his uncle Scott, uh, then there might be seeds being cross pollinated. We don't know. It's uh, sixteen years of a senior. <laughs> Anyways, I think hell will be fun. Oh, it's gonna be great. Yeah, I'll see you there. Uh, uh, number three, Patrick Mahomes. That is actually my number one pick. Nice. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I got somebody with a couple more championships at my number one. But you know, nice. somebody to make him number one. Why not me? Yeah. I think he's getting there. Give him, give him a few more years. He might be two or one. You know. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, Patrick Mahomes, number three. Mark, sir, let's go to you for your third pick. I'm gonna stay right here with the uh, the Chiefs. People at home listening can't see this, but I put my Chiefs hat up. Um, 
It's uh, Derek Thomas, the best defensive yeah. player in Chiefs history. Played with the Chiefs for 11 seasons. Um, three-time All-Pro, Rookie of the Year in 1989. Um, a lot of things. I mean, I wrote some of them down here. Walter Payton, Man of the Year Award in 1993. That's a solid play. So, like, the people in the NFL, you know, every per, every team has these people given to charities and stuff. And uh, Derek Thomas started the Third and Long Foundation, helping kids become literate that maybe weren't going to school all the time in the inner city. And uh, I think that foundation's still going strong today. So even living on in his memory, uh, he unfortunately passed away too soon because of a car accident, but he did, uh, he did, uh, and, and end up here in Kansas city. And unfortunately his life was cut short here in Kansas city, but really some great memories as a child growing up in the nineties, watching the chiefs for sure. He was an absolute treasure and a pickup for the Chiefs, man. That was what a specimen of a person that guy was playing linebacker. That was just a revolutionary human being to play that position and to have him be in a Chiefs uniform and get to be like one of those things that we look back on. Like you said, definitely cut short. Like imagine what Derek Thomas could have like done and they just – Tom Brady-esque of like the linebacker position of just like well nobody will ever be that if that hadn't fallen short like that I am curious though you said best defensive player for the Chiefs I would I would argue maybe probably the best player overall the Chiefs have ever had who would you say offensive player is it just going to be Patrick Mahomes because he's I mean let's be honest Patrick Mahomes is the number one on everybody's list I'm just he's number number three because of um fun (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think I mean just from what he's I know it's still early in his career so it's kind of projecting but from what he's done in like the first three years of his career as a starter is just crazy yeah but that being said those first three years as a starter because my answer is Priest Holmes and those three years where Priest was just like the best running back that has ever existed and will ever exist. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that like still right now for me, like the best offensive player we've had, like, yes, Patrick Mahomes is like, Oh God, I can't wait. (laughs) But for right now, still like our Patrick Mahomes on offense is priest Holmes. Like who just, he just trucks and nobody can tackle him. Oh yeah. That was just in the way, like back when people were still jumping over the line and like the goal (laughs) line and were just like looking to smash people in the face with their helmet as they came over the line. That's just priest Holmes was a, a a monster. He was a beast. He had a great offensive line too. I mean, we keep talking about the big, yeah, that's that. Yeah. That man. I don't even remember like, uh, Man, there were so many good offensive linemen back then. Yeah. We need some I of think those guys too, back right now. God, yeah. If we could just <laughs> – I'd take Tim Grunhard right now <laughs> over. Get him an Uber. Half the – yeah. <laughs> take half-cock Tim Grunhard over the two guys blocking each other that I can't stop seeing on Twitter. Tim Grunhard. Uh, you kidding me? That man would be unstoppable. <laughs> yeah, a golf cart, juice them up, fifth of vodka, hundred milligrams of blue chew, and a fifth of vodka. <laughs> kidding me? That man's a tank. Who's who's better than Tim? Yeah, no one, <laughs> my baby. Uh, but Derek Thomas, great pick, by the way. Uh, oh, thank you. Thank that was you. the first uh, ever Chiefs jersey that I owned when I was a kid. Was it was a Derek Thomas jersey? My mine was Christian Okoye. Oh hell yeah! Oh yeah, dude. Similar era, boy. similar era, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, did the did that come with the uh, like the neck roll? It came. It should have. It came with the the helmet and the the pants. It was it was the whole kid thing back in the day, you know. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, for sure. I remember when I first started like trying to play like when I was first like trying to play pee wee football. I have such a short neck still to this day, (laughs) but I thought the neck rolls were so cool. Like it was like back in the nineties. And so I was like, I want a neck roll. And my dad was like, all right, where are you? I'm divorced from your mom. If it'll make you like me more than her, then I'll get you a neck roll. And it just didn't work. I couldn't put my helmet all the way. My helmet would like be like right here. I had to go halfway down my ears. I couldn't click it off. I had to get rid of the neck roll in shame. It's a heartbreaking experience. It really, yeah. I got a tiny neck. <laughs> uh, so does Sim Grunhard, honestly. <laughs> Zach, let's go to you, man, for your uh, number two pick. Wait, who all right, are you? Man. 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead. Is it yours? Yeah. Is that where we are? I thought that we were on yours still for number three. For three. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I hit it myself. Right. <laughs> so it's it's for me number three. That's where we're at. I, yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Just Christ, Patrick. Okay. <laughs> uh, my number three. Christian Akoya. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got a sidetracked. <laughs> um joe von belcher no i'm joking it's uh something else. it's uh i'm going to go with uh george brett george brett is my number three that's a solid pick he's someone that it's baseball. it's baseball and uh i'm picking him more just because of like the kansas city lore george brett's always kind of been around i remember when i was growing up as a kid um he lived in mission hills like i think he sold that house a while ago but like we would go trick-or-treating at his house because he gave out like king-size candy bars yeah very important you know where those all those george brett size candy bars around here bub i always heard he was kind of an asshole but i don't know i never met him <laughs> um, my favorite thing about him though is the uh i'm gonna i'm gonna play the clip let me see here oh is it the, wait tell me it's the poop story please tell me it's a, of course it's the poop story yes i gotta i gotta enjoy the story that night after the bellagio oh man spring training baby spring training <laughs> With subtitles is my favorite part of this video. Went out and had a great meal, just a great fucking meal. I had to go to the bathroom so bad in the car. I'm going, travel, hurry up, man. I got shit. <laughs> I had fucking shit in my pants. <laughs> I'm good uh, twice a year for that. <laughs> been a while. I was in Vegas a couple years ago. Just an honest to God, true story. Staying with Bellagio. I went over to Mirage for dinner, met some friends of mine over there. Went to Kokomo's, a great little steakhouse. The guy brings out some fresh crab legs. These just came in. I got to give them to you guys. Brings us. I'm eating them. Then we go play gamble a little bit. Then I had a tea time early in the morning. So I said, look, I got to get going. I'm walking back to the hotel. I get three quarters away out of the lobby. And all of a sudden I go, oh, fuck. And I'm standing here like this. I got my butt pinched so fucking. I'm, I'm fucked. I can't move. All of a sudden, you know. Felt all right. I went just like this. Water. Water. Poisoning from the crabs. Take off my leather jacket. Tied it around my waist. I'm just standing there. Oh, I love tying it around your waist. (laughs) Black bucks, no socks. And uh, I just start fucking walking. Every time I'm walking, it's coming out. It's water. How sick I was. Tell you how sick I was. Then I'm no one wants to listen to him. My cell phone. I call them. Everybody that's stretching right now is like, please let me pull my quad. <laughs> George Brett won't stop talking about shitting his pants. So he brings me over a pair of pants and, a, and some towels and some towels. All right, I'm going to stop it because he keeps talking for like another minute, which is insane. <laughs> and he talks about shitting his pants for that long while everyone on his team is just trying to stretch. That's white privilege. You can't talk about how many times you shit yourself so proud. <laughs> like that <laughs> without some sort of privilege that is insane that to be able to twice i'm good man. for that twice a year and let me describe each time to you in detail <laughs> tell us I, tell us both of them. i was in vegas let me tell you we can keep going george brett stories because my number two is george brett and we're going straight into number twos right yeah, yeah absolutely yes, number twos yes. george brett number two you know why i picked him as number two it's just for, for that story doo doo exactly so George Brett, I mean, he was a great <laughs> baseball player, but yeah, that was that was an incredible story. I was glad you brought that up because honestly, that was something I wanted to talk about here. So I did meet him one time oh, really? at spring training about when was it 2015? So the year they won the World Series. My parents lived down in Arizona. We went to a spring training game. He is a little bit of an a-hole, um, but he was coming over to give autographs. So I had, I only had one daughter at the time. I have two now, but she was like three years old. And uh, there was another girl about her age. And then one who was about 10 years old, who really knew how to work the players to get the autographs and get them to come over. So like they got Moustakas's autograph. They got Hosmer's autograph. They got Ned Yost's autograph. And then here comes George Brett and nobody thinks he's stopping by and he's ignoring everybody yelling at him. And then he sees this girl, like this 10 year old girl, like giving the puppy eyes, like, please come get us an autograph. And he walks over and he goes, he kind of looks up. He says, you know what? I was going to ignore all these other people, but I can't ignore you. And he goes over and autographs her. So he's kind of nice, but kind of an a-hole at the same time. 
Sure. I kind of get a double vibe to him. I bet he was, I bet he was pretty happy when they won it in 2015. Cause then he's like, Oh man, weight lifted off my shoulders. I don't have to be the one they focus on all the time. Now we can spread the love <laughs> out. Uh, now people can go look at Salvi and annoy him when he's at a restaurant. I mean, people still probably bug George Brett, but yeah. at the same time, not probably as frequently. That's you or who is your number two, sir? My number two is Darren Sproles is oh. my number two. Um, so I actually, uh, my family is all like Kansas State graduates or uh, they tried for it, some of them. <laughs> Uh, but <laughs> but they they everybody was real into K State and whatever. I actually like grew up at like Bill Snyder Family Stadium uh, as it was becoming that. Um, like I was born in '91. Snyder was hired uh, a couple years before that, and uh, basically my dad didn't have much to do with me while he was going to games, and he lived with my grandparents at the time while he was going to school, and uh, they also had season tickets, so I just kind of had to go, and uh, so from as long as I can remember, I had season tickets to those games, and I was lucky enough to be there for Darren Sproles, and man, as a guy that played running back in uh, high school, Darren Sproles was my hero, and I remember watching him, uh, like, against USC, just, like, doing a spin move against, like, three dudes on, like, a 35-yard line and then just, like, sprint down score. It was just he, – he was an anomaly as a as a football player. And he is short like me. And I thought that was super tight. And so that was an inspiration. And uh, then, you know, he went on to have a pretty damn good uh, pro career and uh, unfortunately played for the Chargers. But, you know, other than that, he was, you know, go Eagles and whatnot with him, you know. I was going to say, uh, I think then that's like, isn't he like top 10 all time in total yards in NFL history or something like that? Yeah, man, because he's just so versatile. That's what he would do is he could catch the ball out of the backfield. He could run the ball. And he also did kick and punt returns. He was, he's just a tiny little tank. little tank. And just like cool dude too, super humble, does a lot still in the community here as well. And is, uh, you know, just always just showed up, gone to work. Like I said, incredibly humble guy. Even when he was at K-State all the way, like, through his pro career, there's just never anything negative said about the dude. It was just just production. Speaking of humble brag, really quick here. Let me find this. Um, Darren Sproles. He also friend, just got Friends on Facebook. The Oh we are friends God. on Facebook. That's only because uh, my brother knows him. Uh, they, they, I went to Olathe East, or me and my brother went to Olathe East. He was Olathe North. Oh, well, then, and yeah, so he was, they, yeah, he's in North. They, they were running against each other in track, and uh, Sproles broke all kinds of records for 100. How'd your brother do against him? Oh, no, he, 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 he never even, <laughs> he, he wasn't a sprinter, but uh, oh, okay. was, they, they were the same age though. And just being in track and going to all the meets, like, like this guy is insanely fast. Like you see him fast on a football field. He's even faster on a track. So it's, it's crazy how fast. Yeah, he was. It's crazy how fast people can be when they're not trying to stop and start from uh, yeah. people that are trying to murder them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're wearing body armor. <laughs> when yeah. he gets out like behind the defense, like that's how he looks on the track. Just crazy. gone. And he's, and he's short too. So it's just like, yeah, boy, he's like a tornado of uh, legs. Can't yeah. Catch yeah, and elusive, and he hides behind people like Ryan Lilja. Ryan Lilja, yes. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect to wrap around there. Wait, wrap around's not the right word. That's I don't, <laughs> sorry. It's I, what it is now. Around, yeah, totally. Yeah. I was involved in a wrap around with Ryan Lilja and Dan Sproles recently. There was some podcast. seed action, but <laughs> there was a lot of seed action, a lot of seed talk. <laughs> No, but that is that's funny because in high school, that's when I realized how certain people just have like God gifted like athletic abilities. Um, because it's like you see it on TV and everything, but then it's different when you see it uh, in people you go to school with. Because I remember in high school, I liked playing basketball, and when I went on for the basketball team, that's when I realized that I just like playing basketball. <laughs> Good, because <laughs> uh, you know, all these people on for this team, like, oh my god, these people are unbelievable <laughs> like these people have gifts like that, that i can i could never ever get on that level if i even practice you know all day every day 
that's it's amazing. So Darren Sproul seeing him in high school, I'm sure was great. I remember because uh, I had so many K State uh, friends that uh, Darren Sproles, they all had jerseys and stuff growing up. Um, he was the best. That's a great pick at number two. It really was. He was uh, like, I've also like, uh, just sorry, one more thing about it is that like from people's stories that I've heard about him from high school, it's so funny because they are all that where it's just like, oh no, it just looked like a cartoon where he was just like, there was no way that that person should have been on the field like with these other people. <laughs> it's just inappropriate. Yep. He's he's listed at like five, eight and a half or five, nine and a half, one of the two. And I think right, he's, yeah. he's five, six, I think. <laughs> it was like in stilts. Yeah. My number two, baseball and football player. I'm going to go Bo Jackson. He was one of my honorable mentions. You got another one of my honorable mentions. Okay, cool. Great pick. Bo Jackson's super cool. He's super weird now. Makes makes arrows, shoots him. That's pretty cool. Dude, that I do love that about him. He's a wild. He's he's kind of a crazy person, which I do love that about him. But um, (laughs) unbelievable. You've seen all the clips. The 30 for 30 about him is incredible. Running up the wall at the K. Legendary. He was so good that he, like, got hurt because of it. And uh, also, like, today, if he would have had that injury, he would have been able to rehab in, like, six months and get back to, like, his normal Oh, self. my God. Yeah, he could have <laughs> played that season. And it yeah. just, it's so sad because, like, he was so good at both sports. And then, like, you could tell after that, like, it was really hard for him to even play baseball. And uh, he had to, like, you know, settle things down and couldn't play football anymore. And it, it's just kind of sad. I mean, he was so incredible and like there's stories you hear about him from like in that 30 for 30 where they're like he had a home run like out of the stadium in college and there was like no video to like prove it but people saw it and they were at the game and he hit like a 600 foot home run because you can use aluminum bats in college and the pros yeah, right. hard to hit right. the home runs that far but yeah. yeah he was just crushing it and uh yeah that's that's a great number two pick right there the stories in the documentary were wild though like how they, they did kind of like turn into like like folk tales or like urban myths like or you know the guy talked about how he saw him do like just like jump over a car like not even get a, not even get a running start he was just standing in front of the car and he just jumped over it <laughs> or that he like uh he like whatever like with like a hot cup is it a bear hog or a hog or something that he like caught it with his bare hands or something like a, with a caught like a wild boar with his bare hands yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't doubt yeah it like who have you ever heard of that can do the things like bo jackson's like myth and lore says that he's done or even just like you know the things that they didn't catch on tape the one thing you know they did catch him on tape breaking a baseball bat over his forehead yeah <laughs> like that that alone is a superhuman feat like I don't think anybody else has done that since then either. I don't think anybody should. <laughs> the last time, yeah. it, this is kind of a random Bo Jackson story, but I guess he had never been back to uh, the K Royal Stadium um, since he'd been out of baseball. And they were trying to get him back for some sort of anniversary thing. And he just would never go back. And they finally asked him to come back for something. I don't remember what it was, but um we were there for my daughter's birthday and I had no clue Bojack. Nobody knew that he was really going to be there. And I guess his one stipulation to come to the game was it was his, his anniversary weekend or something like that. So the only way he'd come back that weekend is if his wife, obviously allowed to come with him, And if they were allowed to have their own suite and they had to have a specific bottle of wine in the suite with them. And so they showed him up on the, the jumbotron one time during the game for what I, I don't even remember what it was the anniversary for, but he was there Him and his wife had the wine. He did a little toast thing. And that was the only time you saw Bo Jackson on the screen. And I was like, was that Bo Jackson? Is, is he really here? <laughs> like I wanted to go like try to search for him, but I think, uh, yeah, that was pretty, I, that's the closest I've been to Bo Jackson, but that's still. Um, okay. So yeah, we're on to number ones, Zach, let's go to you for your number one, sir. All right, so my number one is uh, the most decorated high school athlete that I do know. Uh, Four-time state powerlifting champion. um, uh, Multiple-time state uh, uh, softball uh, playoff appearances. um, And uh, still holds multiple records in that powerlifting uh, circuit in the 4A of Kansas. Uh, that would be my younger sister, Brittany Smith. Yes. That's incredible. That's my number one. That's Literally great. four-time state powerlifting champion. That's incredible. One, By because like, I didn't know that there was a powerlifting competition in Kansas. I don't know why I'm just now learning about this. I wish I would have known about this when I was in high school. Not that I would compete, but that I would at least go cheer, cheer them on. 
Oh, it's deep. It's I I was uh, uh for a brief amount of time at our high school, pound for pound, the uh I had the highest power index uh ever to go. I think I might still be top five, but who cares? I don't have four <laughs> state championships and Dude, like multiple I, records across the board it's actually like a sort of like a thing that's become a big deal in kansas in like the past like decade that's awesome yeah the different like so much so that yeah there's 4a 6a 5a like all of those different levels of like powerlifting and you know i mean it's fine it's uh there's some of some of it's kind of douchey all those guys that are out there smacking <laughs> each other in the face and screaming really loud before they go. but then there's you know some of it's it's a uh, it's a lot of like nerdy kids that don't really have a sport they're not like crazy into basketball or you know they don't want to put on body armor and uh hurl their body at other people playing football their feet are goofy they can't play soccer you know it's just something that's athletic that they can do and go be a part of a team it's a there's a lot of uh, really, you know, sort of reserved kids in the powerlifting team. I remember I loved hanging out with those guys when I was uh, – and girls when I was in the powerlifting team uh, when I was in high school. And then, yeah, that's my little sister is, you know, she played softball forever but then did powerlifting and was also in, like, every play and musical and uh, was just incredibly involved in, like, the arts and all that. And powerlifting was just where she felt so uh, at home in that it didn't have to be – about um you know yeah she won a bunch of championships and stuff but it was mainly about people uh you know being healthy uh lifting weights the correct way especially the way they did it at baser linwood um they have a really great strength and conditioning program there with their coach uh and he makes sure that those kids are preparing their bodies for the next level of competition if they do want to go on to compete in college and then also at the same time he's trying to get a hold of the ones that don't care about that at all and just sort of show them uh the importance of health inside their lifestyle and to uh sort of hand that on to them you know they don't need to be lifting the most weights or they shouldn't you know be super concerned about you know go they, they're not super concerned about you know i want this soccer scholarship or this they just want to be healthy as a high school student and learn how to take that uh that health that healthy lifestyle into past high school and when they go into college and do, doing all that and so uh that was a cool thing to be a part of and also uh my sister is the shit at it <laughs> i totally as you were talking about all that like it's coming back to me because i took weightlifting class i was a track and cross country runner so i wasn't like a strong like weightlifter or anything but i remember us having a board like over there in the weight room of like school records like in yeah, each, yeah, yeah. like in each one and like top three and stuff like that and i'm like man if only i could squat like 15 more pounds than I could be up there in the top five, <laughs> but yeah. And it became like a, uh, a fun, like sort of competitive thing to try to be able to get up on that. Like I honestly remember I do like talking about my sister, but I remember the day that I broke that power index record. It was one of the last days of my senior year. Uh, I was honestly not, it was like my last week where, you know, you could show up or not show up and I wasn't showing up, <laughs> but uh, I did you gotta have show like, up for that day. I had a weights class yeah. and I was like, I think, I think I want to try to break this record today. And it was everybody in the weight room came around and watched me do the, the, I did the last lift that I was, that I needed to do to break the record was hang clean. It was my best lift. And yeah. um, it was just, you know, all the people that had like been on the team and just around me and knew me, they were just like all around me supporting me as I did it. Uh, definitely gave me a little bit of extra adrenaline to be able to do it. Um, but yeah, it's just it, it's really cool, like just the camaraderie between those kids and uh, inside of that weight room and how they supported each other. They should definitely not like slap each other and scream and be assholes, <laughs> and they they need, should go to therapy uh, if they feel the need to do that. But uh, definitely uh, really cool in the other ways that they support each other and uh, support each other inside of a healthy lifestyle. Fuck yes, Brittany Smith, number one pick. Number That's one, awesome. I love, love it. Um, I will say, uh, yeah, I had to take a weight class my freshman year of high school. Uh, it was my absolute nightmare. I hated every second. <laughs> Power cleans, squats, bench press. Uh, my, I hated all, all of it. And my PE teacher knew that I hated it. He loved, he loved to yell at me. <laughs> my, if you, if you want to hear a quick story about my weightlifting class. So uh, 
I was at a late the East and our, our weightlifting teacher was the fo- head football coach who also happened to be the mayor of Shawnee for many years. His name is Jeff Myers. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you look to the side when you I, said that? I, I was hoping he wasn't watching me over here. I get nervous. <laughs> Just like remembering. He's those, my father. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember, remembering the power cleans and him like looking over our shoulders and, uh, no, but yeah, half the time he'd be watching game films, so he didn't really know like what we were doing. But it, it, it just brought back those memories for sure. Talking about that, Brittany Smith, number one pick. I love it. She's the best. She's very talented. Gonna do, gonna do way more than either one of us ever did for sure. No question. Well, I mean, she went off and she played college softball, and now she's an accounting major, and she's got an internship, and now she's just a nerd. Nice. But what an athlete in high school. You know what I mean? Like really hey, something. You always got those stories. That's right. Yeah, she lets me use her Disney Plus account, which is sweet. All that matters. That's perfect. Yeah. Mark, how about you, man? What is your number one pick? Your well, number one all-time favorite KC athlete. I think Patrick, you and me have the same number one here. So Patrick. Oh, you guys Mom's were reasonable? Baby. Pope Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> it might be a little recency bias. I mean, yeah, yeah. but at the same time, I mean, there's just hasn't been an athlete that's like come on the scene in Kansas City so quickly. It's just like, wow, this is a guy that's going to be amazing for the next 15 years as long as he can stay healthy. Please, God. Um, but yes, Patrick Mahomes, numero uno for me. Okay. Another team. Actually, that'd be the number one pick, dude. Yeah, a- absolutely. This past year, uh, it was it was tough. It was what it was. You don't have to dwell on it. Yeah. I mean, he had maybe the best Super Bowl that any quarterbacks ever had, quite frankly. If anybody could just catch the ball with their face mask, that would be tight. I mean, yeah, that little giants it. (laughs) That incredible picture, I'm sure you guys have seen it, of him laying sideways, throwing the ball on fourth and nine when they literally have less than a 1% chance of winning. There's like eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. They're down by three, four touchdowns. I don't remember what it was, but. You, that you can tell that guy is just like a winner he like doesn't want to give up and quit do you my favorite thing about that play is do you remember who that ball ended up being thrown to uh what Darryl it, was, Williams. it was thrown to daryl williams and then later on in the week they did like it wasn't that night but it was a few days later they did uh they were doing interviews with patrick and they were talking to him and they were like you know run us through that play run us and he was like oh you know I tried to get out and, uh, you know, be able to extend the play, push towards the line. And, you know, I was looking down and I saw that there was red jerseys down there. And as I was escaping, he got my foot. And so I knew I was going down and I knew there was red down there. So I hurled the ball down there. And then the way he says the next thing where he goes, and I didn't realize it was Daryl. But uh, then, you know, ultimately, I mean, kids, just the way he says Daryl. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like you could tell he was just like, oh, man, I fucking just did the greatest throw that's ever happened in football history. And I threw it to. <laughs> well, what's crazy it's is like, like God bless Darrell Williams. I have all the respect <laughs> for Darrell Williams, but that's probably not the person that you want to be throwing the ball to when you're sideways in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. You're probably trying to get that to 10 <laughs> or 87, probably not 31. Well, what's crazy is, okay, so, like, I haven't watched any of the Super Bowl back except for that play. For whatever reason, I like that play. I'm just obsessed with it. And so I've gone back and like done the Zap Ruder film on it and like pausing it in like all these different spots. And if you look like at the very end of the play, um, it's Daryl Williams in the front of the end zone, Tyreek Hill right behind him. And then I think it's, I can't remember if it's Demarcus Robinson or one of the other wide receivers right behind him. So there's three receivers right in a row in the same exact spot. And it's like Mahomes like saw the red, like it was a blur in his mind. He's falling down. There's literally three receivers right there. Like it could have gone to any one of them. And Williams just happened to get his hands on it first. Like, <laughs> He's like, he here just, I am. If he would have just got out of the way, Hill might have caught it. I yeah. don't know. But it, it's a crazy play. Man, he had been having such a good playoffs, though. You know, he felt like he had yeah. the hands. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's going to be fun watching Mahomes over the next 10 years, though. Man. Yeah, and I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like the only good thing that will come of uh, them losing that Super Bowl is that we're going to get to see a shuffle up of uh, some players. I think. I think they're going to 
they're going to figure out how to get that cap situation worked out and they're going to do some things definitely in the draft. I think it's going to be exciting, but also in the free agency, uh, keep JJ Watt out of here, but, um, <laughs> yeah, unless he comes and then he's here in Kansas city and then in which case leave me alone. Uh, but yeah, I, I just don't see him being as beneficial as other people, but, um, it's going to be fun to see the shakeup and what they do to, I mean, everything revolves around Patrick Williams right now and Tyron Matthew. Mm-hmm. What can they do around those, those two guys? Cause I, in my opinion, Tyron Matthew is the guy on that. De- that, that is the equivalent of Patrick Mahomes on that defense. Like oh, yeah. equally, like, I don't think that it's, he's the leader of the defense. I think that that is the Patrick Mahomes in that defense. He is something else out there. Yeah. I think they're about to extend what they can do to Tyron surround Matthew. them. I think they're about to extend them, and that would also create some caps. If you want, you can go to uh, arrowheadreport.com. It's a part of the SI network. Uh, I write articles for that once a week. You can go there on Saturdays and see my articles. But another guy that writes for the site has been doing work on the cap situation and free agency, and uh, he broke down everything really great. So, yeah, that's Dude, write me an article on uh, how we're going to get better linebackers. Linebackers? All right. I can, I can do that. I want to steal Levante David away from the Tampa Bay Bucks, honestly. Uh, but I don't know if we're going to yeah, be able to do that. There was a couple guys on. Okay. There were a couple free agents over there that we, it might be uh, interesting. What's that? Uh, the receiver? Uh, uh, Chris Godwin? Is that? Chris Godwin. Yeah, he's, he's available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Might, he's a free they, agent. They might franchise tag him and bring him back, but who knows? Ah, uh, well. If not, we'll take Allen Robinson Whatever. from the Bears. Yeah, no, but that, that, that's a good way <laughs> that to would be uh, fun. segue into uh, into plugs and what uh, you guys have going on. So, Mark, yeah, let us know about uh, what you're doing for SI. Yeah, just writing uh, writing articles, do one a week. They uh, post up on Saturdays. And then if you want to listen to a podcast out there, other than this one that we're on right now, which is a great podcast, by the way, love what you're doing here. Um, it's called Roughing the Kicker. You can find it on spotify apple everything else whatever um i actually will be on on mondays during the off season so we actually recorded an episode earlier this afternoon so yeah mondays with mark is a thing now for them on roughing the kicker so check it out awesome oh and then uh what's your uh, twitter instagram handle where can people follow you at mark the overseer is my go-to for both of those hell yeah well mark thanks for being here buddy Thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate it. Zach, how about you, buddy? Where can people find you? What's going on with Nature Med? Um, so we are currently working on being uh, in compliant with the state. Uh, I'm not sure when this is going to come out, but the plan is to start opening our doors in Gladstone and St. Louis um, here at the end of March at the latest early April. Ideally, um, that's what we're going for. Uh, if you want to know more about it and you want to keep up to date with us, then go to Nature Med Mo on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. That's the handle. That's it. We got lucky enough. There's no other Nature Meds in Mo. So that's <laughs> you can find us there. Um, we'll be posting uh, pictures of our facilities, of our director of operations dog wearing our hats and apparel. Uh, he's a very adorable little pup. And uh, we'll be doing that until we actually have pictures of products to be able to show you once we get commenced by the state. And then once that happens, then we're going to be open and ready to serve you guys here in the community. So we cannot wait to do that. Uh, we ask for your patience in the meantime, as we try to get everything all squared away. But like I said, in the meantime, go up to uh, Nature Med Mo on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Check us out. Um, you can also uh, text... Um, Let's see. We, we could do Nature KC to, I don't know the number right now. Let's go to naturemedmo.com. All right. That is it for KC Top 5 this week. I will go ahead and recap everyone's list here real quick. Again, special thanks to Zach and Mark for coming on. Uh, Zach's Top 5 list goes as follows. At number 5, he had Ryan Lilja. Number 4, son of Mick Schaefer, Aiden Schaefer. Number 3, Patrick Mahomes, a bold choice. Number two, Darren Sproles. Number one, the incredible Brittany Smith. Mark, at his number five, he had Matt Bessler. Number four, Buck O'Neill. Number three, Derek Thomas. Number two, George Brett, of course. Number one, 
Patrick Mahomes, again, of course. My number five, I had Tom Watson. Number four, Tim Grunhard. Number three, George Brett. Number two, Bo Jackson. And number one, Patrick Mahomes. Because, duh. If you have any ideas for guests we should have on or future topics we should do, please let me know on Twitter or Instagram. My handle is at Patrick Moore KC. If you like the music we use under the intro and the outro, that is from KC Band Dog Lava. Check them out on Spotify or follow them on Instagram at Dog Lava. And if you'd like to see them live because you're like me and you're vaccinated and you missed the shit out of live music, you can see Dog Lava and Back Alley Brass Band at the Rhino in North KC on Armour Boulevard on Saturday, May 22nd. Tickets are only 10 bucks a seat and you can find them at the rhinokc.com slash events. And hey, if you're listening to this show, on Apple Podcasts and you haven't given us five stars or left a little review, please do. It really helps us out. You can also subscribe on Spotify and of course the show will always be on the pitchkc.com slash podcasts. I am Patrick Moore. Thank you so much for listening. Josh Hawley, go fuck yourself. This was a production of the Pitch Podcast Network. The Pitch is Kansas City's independent source for news and culture. Check out thepitchkc.com to see more podcasts from us, including information for how to subscribe to The Pitch or become a sustaining member. Story ideas or feedback? Write to tips at thepitchkc.com. Pitch in and we'll make it through.